we never know how Monero is going to improve. So yes, if we do move to more comprehensive anonymity sets for Monero transactions and make other changes, the harm can be mitigated very, very significantly to the point where the privacy concern becomes much, much less meaningful and it more so becomes an efficiency discussion. You know, what, what do we want to prioritize? How do we want to store data on this public space? Because you want it to be reasonably small <laughs> and reasonably efficient for this, this, what you store on the blockchain. This week on Monero Talk is sponsored by Cake Wallet. Store, send, receive, and exchange your Monero and Bitcoin safely on iOS and Android too. Cake Wallet is open source and you always control your own keys. And by Stealth EX, an instant exchange where privacy is the top concern. Go to StealthEX.io to instantly exchange between Monero and 450 plus assets without having to create an account or register and with no limits. Making Stealth EX a simple way to purchase Monero with crypto anonymously. Monero Talk is also made possible from contributions by viewers and listeners like you. And supporting us is easier than ever. By typing in MoneroTalk.crypto in your Monero.com or Cake Wallet send address field to send us a tip. This week on Monero Talk. Douglas Tuman interviews Justin Ehrenhofer, Monero community organizer and VP of operations at Cake Labs. The two discuss the recent drama around Mordinals, the fungibility implications of having NFTs on the Monero blockchain, the pros and cons of TX Extra, how data can always be stored in the blockchain via steganography, the emerging ideas and solutions in the Monero community, prioritizing fungibility, full membership proofs, toxic outputs, achieving consensus on making sure Monero functions as digital cash first and foremost, future hard forks, and much more. Monero Talk starts now. All right, Justin, what's going on, man? I'm doing great. How are you, Doug? Good, good. I feel like we, we haven't had an intimate moment in a while, man. It's been it's been some time. Yeah, it's been a bit of time since the one-on-one. The Minerotopias are a little more casual. There's 70 people on, all having a good time. I like your getup. What are, what are you wearing over there? I like, I like what am your... I wearing? I'm wearing a <laughs> an... REI thing. And a, oh, okay. It, it looks know. more fancy from this angle. Like, <laughs> no. Like a smoker's jacket or something. No, it's like the... Uh, it's like the Patagonia Nano Puff type oh, yeah, jacket. Yeah. Uh, I love those. Yeah. Hold them up into small little things and bring them anywhere. Uh, you've been doing a lot of hiking recently? Yeah. Uh, in January, I went to Arizona for the first time. Had to dodge some snow and rain, actually, but it was a lot of fun. I went hiking for about a, every day for about a week there. So, holy shit. Wow. So, you must have put on a lot of miles, huh? Yeah, yeah, we did some more than 10 mile days. You were doing like spurlunking too, right? Weren't you doing like cave diving or something? Like, not cave diving, but caving, yeah. <laughs> what is cave diving? Is that a thing? Did I just make that up? Is it, that a thing? No, you didn't make it up. Maybe you made it up, but it is actually a real thing. Uh, that's where you do go into caves that are underwater. 
Oh, right. Okay. So you're not you're not at that level yet. No, I'm not that crazy. I just, <laughs> I just go into caves that have water, but you're able to, you know, usually walk awesome. on. Never did the uh, cave. Be totally underneath. Yeah, sorry for the small talk, guys, but Justin and I need to, need to catch up a little bit. I need to see what's going on. Um, so yeah, man, I wanted to bring you on because obviously all, all all the drama we had we had the M ordinals that came out of nowhere. Was that you? Were you were you the guy behind M ordinals? <laughs> we will never know, but no, it was not me. <laughs> okay. Do we have any idea who that is, or is it is it like a... someone messaged me with an idea? I I don't know. I haven't looked into it at all. Um, okay. So I'll just say people have their suspicions, but I have not looked into that and can't really comment who I feel has done it. Do we think it's a, a benevolent move? It's it's kind of a warning shot to Monero to that these things are inevitable, or was it done by somebody that actually wanted to try to like mess with Monero? I don't know. It depends on you. So first of all, I think it depends on your perspective on NFTs. If you generally think NFTs are okay when done well i guess then you might be more likely to see it as as a more fun project that someone has done to bring in a new perspective if you hate nfts then you probably see it more as an attack um and part of me at least feels you know what good now we're having this discussion about closing something that we've been talking about doing for years but had never actually done so hopefully at the end of the day Monero will be stronger when we get all together and start implementing changes. There already is one uh, implemented change that has not been rolled out to anyone yet, but we can talk about what that change is and why it was made, but it has spurred action. So if you're looking at it just from that perspective, there is more immediate pressure, you know, there's a, a fire lit under people's asses, so to speak, in order to take action, which has its pros and cons. <laughs> right because you don't want to act too fast right you don't want to make mistakes yeah yeah i mean for what it's worth it was not the case that you know m ordinals announces a partnership with yuga labs and and you know everyone else to make a multi-million dollar thing on monero it seems like a a project made out of nowhere was was what was put on this first so it could have been worse in terms of strict damage from a fungibility perspective. Right, if it was better, like if it was like this big thing where it was like big money behind it and they were like yeah. launching it. Yeah, yeah. That like if you had this huge VC backed something or another that came around and was pouring a huge amount of money into this, that does not seem to be the case at all at the moment. So that at least is one good sign. Now you said like, yeah, it depends on people's perspective. Like some people just adamantly are opposed to NFTs in the Monero community. You're of the viewpoint, I believe, where it's like, theoretically, you're okay with them as long as they don't mess up Monero's fungibility, right? Yeah, so yeah, that, that's, that's more or less right. So there are definitely a lot of people in the Monero community that hate NFTs, whether on Monero or not, right? If they get pissed off by NFTs on Ethereum. They get pissed off by NFTs on dedicated NFT blockchain. For all I know, they hate the fact that you have a Monerotopia artwork behind you, right? They don't understand why anybody would pay someone to drive that up to your place in New York, right? Are you referring to Sunita right now? <laughs> Somebody who hates <laughs> Maybe, maybe, maybe. But um, there are definitely some people that just don't understand the point of that at all. And I understand that perspective to some extent. I don't go so far as to say there's never a point. It's understandable to me why 
in a world where people buy very expensive watches and people buy nice pieces of works of art, why some people might want some nice little bling next to their name. That's not so hard for me to understand. But as it relates to reconciling the difference between developers, a community, et cetera, based on the entire idea of having a fungible asset, you know, a blockchain for a fungible asset, those things aren't going to mix as well as they would in some other environments. So I would say I generally think Monero is the wrong place for NFTs, but I don't have the hatred of NFTs as some people approaching this discussion might. Yeah, I think I fall in, in your camp. Like I'm not opposed to the concept of NFTs. And I, I would go so far as to say I'm not opposed to the concept of NFTs on Monero if they theoretically, if it were possible to do without affecting fungibility in any way. Uh, but I, I guess we'll we'll get into that. In fact, it's you know, it's 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 scarily enticing, right? Which is I think this is why it's a scary idea, right? Like I, I do have this artwork up on my wall and somebody did make a Monero Topia ordinal. And I was like, oh man, I, got, I would love to oh no wait. Like I was almost pulled in. I was almost like, how do I yeah. contact this guy so he can send me the ordinal so I could have like that? Yeah, they're definitely. I don't, I don't want to be selling. What's that? I mean, there is an enticing component. Yeah. They're supposed to be fun, and when you see people in your community who are sharing content on Monero for things that are you know, Monero-generated community content, it can be fun. Admittedly, I, I mean, I don't think there's any crime in thinking that sometimes it's fun. I mean, yeah. And what I always saw as the biggest issue with NFTs is with that, the you know, people were building them on chains that aren't really proven yet. Like the chains that may not even really exist in whatever 10, 20, a hundred years from now. But, but ordinals were interesting when they, when they arrived on Bitcoin, cause it was like, Oh wow, this is like a, a native NFT on the Bitcoin blockchain. Like Bitcoin blockchain isn't going anywhere. Uh, so NFTs natively built into Bitcoin. I actually thought that that was pretty cool. And obviously I think, you know, Monero, it, it seems to be here to stay. It's, it's one of the, the better built cryptos. It seems to be doing things correctly. I have it. I'm, I'm obviously betting on Monero. So like a, an NFT built on the Monero protocol in theory is, is kind of cool. Cause it's something that would probably last in perpetuity. Um, but do, so let's let's get right to the issue, and then we'll break it. We'll go we'll go backwards. Do you think it is possible to effectively have NFTs on Monero without sacrificing its cash-like properties? With Monero's current ring signature setup, it more or less is not possible to have a comprehensive and robust NFT market surviving on the Monero blockchain with further improvements you know we never know how monero is going to improve so yes if we do move to more comprehensive anonymity sets for monero transactions and make other changes the harm can be mitigated very very significantly to the point where the privacy concern becomes much much less meaningful and it more so becomes an efficiency discussion you know what, what do we want to prioritize how do we want to store data on this public space because you want it to be reasonably small <laughs> and reasonably efficient for this this what you store on the blockchain so while monero has its current ring signatures even with seraphis and the the 
even if Serapis introduces ring sizes of 128, this problem does not go away. As far as I'm concerned, you need either universal or very close to universal proofs for this to, you know, for the conversation to be much more friendly on the privacy side. Okay. So yeah, so it, it, we're we're not there yet. Like some something fundamentally is going to have to change in Monero's architecture for us to be really be ready for for NFTs, and we're we're certainly not there. We're not there yet. So what is what is the immediate action that that the the that the the devs are are, are taking in response to NFTs on what is what is the course of action? I think I believe action was already taken, right? Yes. So action has to some extent been taken. Uh, much, much of the focus and discussion in the community right now is around the idea of a field in Monero called TX underscore extra. And it's much more complicated than just that. But we can start talking just about that for now. So for the Monero ordinals, they were storing data using this TX extra field, which is a very permissive field. It allows you to add quite a bit of data to Monero transactions pretty easily. And there was always a concern that someone might use this, you know, for what uh, the Monero community would deem to be a, you know, a, a bad use, whatever that is. Everyone has their own definition of a bad use. But the concern was people would start using that. So the immediate fix that has been merged into the Monero repository is a limit on what on the size that TX Extra can be for a node to accept and relay the transaction. This is not a consensus requirement. So, you know, you're not forced to upgrade um, to this, this latest version of Monero that is still not yet released as of today, the 22nd of, of March. Um, but the hope, of course, is that mining pools especially will update so it's harder for people who wish to put a lot of da data in this field to be able to do so. But if someone was able to get cooperation of a miner, they would be able to still include it in the block. And then that transaction would be accepted by the nodes as valid if it was included in a block. So this just this just makes it more difficult to do it, but there there would be a way to essentially go beyond that that limited size. Correct. It's it's saying that, hey, um, if if you try to send a transaction to my node and have it included in my node's mempool. These are transactions that have not yet been confirmed on the blockchain. My node with this patch would say, no, I will not accept this. I will not inform other people that I'm connected to other Monero nodes of this transaction's existence. I'm not going to help get your transaction's name out there, so to speak. If you want it included in the blockchain, you need to talk to another node Really, you need to talk to a mining pool node that is willing to accept this uh, transaction. And what what size is it limited to? It is limiting the size of TX Extra to one thousand sixty bytes. Okay, and why that number? What was how did how was that number arrived at? So that number was arrived at um, based off the amount of information needing to store certain certain data for outputs. <laughs> so it, it's a little technical. In the discussion, there's a specific breakdown of why that exact number was come to. It is a formula. Um, and it was the least controversial number to, to, to choose at the time. Really, anything smaller than that number would 
be more difficult to actually enforce in practice. I mean, we could have picked a lower number, but in practice, it would have been, uh, it would not have worked out as, as nicely. Okay. And, and that's, that's due to like more complicated reasons about how Monero transactions are structured. Okay. Um, and Tevador is like leading the charge on this. Yeah. They were the ones that made that patch. It was made before the Monero ordinals. Actually, no, that was made after the Monero ordinals. Uh, had come out. So that was an immediate response, as far as I'm aware, to this. Um, it's not a, con we'll, we'll dis discuss about this later. It's not a comprehensive solution. It was just something that we could do now without an emergency network card fork. Right. And so I guess the, the long-term plan uh, that's, I, that's, we're arrived, that we're meeting consensus on, I think for the most part is you take this first step, limit the size, and then with the next hard fork, completely deprecate TX Extra? Is that kind of where, where consensus is at currently or no? Uh, so some people <laughs> advocate for completely removing TX Extra. I am personally not for it for reasons I'd like to talk about, but yeah, um, I am for consensus changes in limiting the use of TX Extra in a way that I feel is sensible. So 1060, is about what we can limit it right now with consensus before Seraphis, after Seraphis, because again, of transaction construction, technical reasons, we can limit it further to about 255 or 256 bytes with uh, approximately no additional downsides. It's more or less a watch, watch to get it smaller post Seraphis. And not to make things, but isn't that because the sub addresses are included in the TX extra field? I don't want to, I don't want to confuse things. Um, so there are one time keys that are included in the TX extra, like that, that use some of that space construction. So, okay. and, and to be honest, I don't fully understand this as well as, as someone like, um, Tevador would. So I'm only kind of passing along what I've heard in that specific sense. Okay. Um, but it does make a more efficient use of the transaction construction in a way where that is, well, what normal people need to understand is that it allows us to further reduce the TX extra in a way that's that's less potentially harmful. Okay. Um, yeah, like what's Offren? What? How, how are we pronouncing his name? His handle is it Offren? How you? What, what do we call him? I, I say Offren XMR. Offren, yeah. So he, I think he's he's a strong believer in just completely deprecating the TX extra. He sees it just as like a junk draw that. You know, maybe what maybe we needed in the beginning, just because you know we we didn't know you know if we, if we had all the capabilities that Monero needed. But now it's like, it's it just really shouldn't be there, and that that you know every field should be its own field, and we shouldn't be dumping stuff into into TX extra. Um, what is you know what who that can you can you help make like make that argument as to why maybe that is the right direction to go in or you know give, give us some insight into the pros and cons of obviously having it i guess there is you know like you said ultimately leads to more interoper making it easier to 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 interoperate with monero right i guess is the main reason why you're going to want to keep it but yeah what are, what are the pros and cons of, of each deprecating versus not well, the argument that they make is that they feel that the full removal of the TX extra field removes one 
additional area where Monero transactions can look distinct, which from a fungibility perspective is bad. Uh, generally, you don't want transactions having arbitrary metadata attached. And so they feel that by removing this field, you are in effect removing the front door for someone being able to mess up their transaction and, and potentially mess up other people's transactions because it does impact other transactions based off how ring signatures are, are constructed. So that's their general argument. Um, and so they think that this doesn't have any substantial utility, so it's easier to get rid of. And if people need to find a way to make it work, they can make it work a different way. That's their argument. I actually don't agree with that um, for a few reasons. I was, I've heard all sorts of proposals over the years. This is not a new problem with TX Extra. We've been having these discussions forever, really, in terms of whether this should be around, to what extent it should be allowed. And Luke Parker, who's going to be at Monerotopia, so I'm really looking forward to hearing more from him there. Um, I asked him a pretty strict case. I told him, okay, Luke, if you were to not use TX Extra at all, right, and you were to construct a Monero transaction that feeds, like, uh, meets a pretty strict requirement, only two inputs and only two outputs. Sometimes when we talk to, uh, I'll call them loud proponents in the Monero community for minimizing metadata on certain transaction types, you know, being very restrictive about what's allowed. This meets the definition, more or less. They want a transaction that only has like two inputs or two outputs. It's very strict. It's very easy to control. I asked him, without using TX Extra, how much data could you pack into a Monero transaction if you didn't care about privacy and you just wanted to be as who the heck cares as possible? Would you like to guess how much, uh, how many bytes you can store in a transaction today using only two inputs and two outputs without using TX Extra at all? Um, I don't know. Is this a trick question? <laughs> Not a trick question, but yeah, more I, I imagine it's a large number. <laughs> it is. It's 1,050 bytes about. Okay. So that's how much you can store without using TX Extra at all. In fact, actually, with the 10, 1,060 limit with TX Extra that was imposed for the propagation, again, the, the pending change that will be released, you actually can store more data today using, let's just say, a creatively constructed transaction like that, where you say, screw the way ring signatures are supposed to work, screw the way that uh, that uh, ring CT is supposed to work. Let's just encode data where the network will still accept the transaction, but otherwise it's going to be very odd and it's going to definitely stand out. Um, you can actually store more arbitrary data doing that method versus creating an otherwise legitimate, normal-looking Monero transaction that fully uses TX Extra. So uh -huh. that's why I think, well, for that and many other reasons, I think the discussion about TX Extra is important. But people need to understand that this is one part of how people can store arbitrary data in Monero. Monero has all sorts of encrypted fields for how we then take and store into the database. And we don't know what people are encrypting. That's part of the whole point, right? We don't want to know how much money people are sending. So if you were able to work with the recipient um, and try and just pack as much data on, on Monero as possible, there's ways for you to construct transactions where you try to abuse this. At the end of the day, you're putting information on a public database and you can try to act adversarially. So 
TX Extra is a part of it. There's things we should do in order to limit the potential harm that can come from that specific field. But if people think that by removing TX Extra, you're going to be preventing anyone storing arbitrary data on Monero, that's just completely false. Um, and arguably, I feel that, or arguably, it's because I feel, um, it's worse to encourage people to have to go through a side door in order to do this stuff because now you actually impose more harm on the network. There's more verification time, there's more blockchain bloat, transactions are larger. And if someone's goal is to store 100 bytes in a Monero transaction, it's much better if you give them a safe environment, so to speak, a nice field for them to do that um, in practice. So mm. that that's why as we talk about TX extra deprecation and things like, Sure, we could deprecate a field, but that doesn't do what you hope it does. Uh, yeah, because yeah, my understanding in talking with uh, Offren was that you know if it was completely deprecated, yes, people will have these other means, but that it would be essentially, effectively, very inefficient and very expensive to try to accomplish the same goals, specifically with like something like NFTs. So you're saying that's maybe not the case. Like it would. Would it be so cost prohibitive to the point where it would prevent something like M ordinals from existing as they do? I mean, I guess to that I have a few responses. One, even if it's more expensive to the person who puts the who makes the transaction, um, you have a permanent ongoing expense to anyone who runs a node that is incrementally greater than it otherwise would have been. So you're making it more expensive for everyone else as well. <laughs> Um, so that's the first argument. The second argument is Monero transactions are extremely cheap right now. And Monero has an extremely aggressive um, block scaling mechanism with its dynamic block size to have a constant downward pressure on fees. So let's say it, you know, a Monero transaction right now costs less than a cent, right? So let's say it costs 10 times as much to, which it won't. But let's say it costs 10 times as much to make the transaction as otherwise. Do you really think that a transaction costing 10 cents to mint a Monero ordinal would have stopped anybody from doing this? Reasonably, no. I, I don't think yeah, it would have uh, stopped no. anybody. And I think that we would still be having the same discussion right now. So yeah. it actually is not significantly more expensive. It's not like all of a sudden, oh, no, now I don't want an NFT piece of art. People spend you know, dozens of, do of dollars per NFT mint and transaction and the stuff on Ethereum at peak times. So there's, if there's an economic uh, incentive to do so, saying, oh, transactions cost an extra like 10 or 20%, like, is it going to stop anyone, in, in my opinion? Mm -hmm. You still have the additional bloat there that's there to the end of time that you didn't need to have incurred um, based off just how you... Uh, you know, design the trend, you know, design Monero's consensus. And just to take a step back, this, this, this method of storing data into the Monero blockchain, blockchain, not using TX extra that you're referring to is that's, is that what people were saying? Stenography or what were they calling it? Like stagging, right? Yeah. Steg, uh, steg, steganography. Um, yes. The idea is like concealing data in other places. That's exactly what it is. So, you know, a Monero, uh, and a Monero output key is supposed to be used for a specific normal purpose, but they say, well, screw that normal purpose. I don't care about that, but I still have all this real estate 
than I'm going to put 60 bytes of information into, for example. What, so what, what are others saying? So is, is that, that's not really, isn't the consensus though, right? Cause like uh, we're going to have, um, I think JT Grassi is going to come on next week. Um, what, I don't know. Yeah. What his, what his, t- is he, is he's on board with that saying like, let's, uh, li- limit right away. And then, uh, he, he's, he's not saying deprecate like T- Tevador. What does Tevador say? What is, what is Tevador pushing for? And, I actually don't know what Tevador is pushing for. I, I don't want to speak for JT Grassi, but my impression is they are for, they're generally for stricter measures wherever possible. Um, mm-hmm. So they might be for removal of the field. Um, that's again, that's just my impression. They'll be able to comment more on that next week. Um, my personal take is by allowing limited use of TX extra, you minimize total harm to everybody. You prevent people from doing sorts of like crazy steganography, which you can't prevent them from doing. And you make it, you, you know, think about it this way. Would you rather have NFT, if NFT data has to be stored, because there's no way to prevent someone from storing certain types of information. So would you rather have someone store that in a TXO, a Monero output that you can't easily prune, or would you rather them store it in this field that is very obviously able to be pruned? That's an example. So, and that's also an example of ongoing costs. There are a lot of people out there that, especially on lower spec devices today, that run pruned Monero nodes. And obviously the main focus should be making sure that Monero's unpruned nodes remain feasible and able to be run by most people. But this is data we're telling people who are running pruned nodes, like, do you want them to be storing this data that people hide in transactions? Or would you rather just, give people an easy way to remove this from their prune nodes. Um, to some extent, I think we need to focus on the realities of how people use these systems. Remember, it's a public database, which is there for people to store data in and to make consensus changes to the Monero protocol to help guide people in certain directions while also being realistic about certain steps, an adversary or a, uh, an NFT enthusiast that really likes Monero might, uh, might take. I feel like Offren's listening to this and he's getting very angry right now. If he's, <laughs> but, uh, maybe, maybe he's, uh, he's not in the chat. I wish he was. Cause when we, we could go into the spaces after this, if you have time, we could talk amongst those people as well. Uh, maybe we could hear the, the other viewpoints and yeah, hopefully, uh, JT Grassi comes on next week and he could, help help explore that the other side of the argument i mean i hear what you're saying it, it makes it's it sounds like it makes sense right have the have this this sandbox for for people to play in as opposed to people misusing another component of monero to try to achieve the same end um yeah do you love coffee and monero as much as we do Consider making gratuitous.org your daily cup. Pay with Monero for premium fresh beans. And if you like what you taste, send a digital cash tip directly to the Guatemalan farmers that made it possible. Proceeds help us grow this channel, gratuitous, and Monero. So, all right. So 
How about the how about this idea of encrypting the TX extra field as well? So right now the initial move that's made was just to limit the size, make it a fixed fixed size. Uh, for you know, so the no, the nodes aren't going to, you know, those that opt into this aren't going to accept any transactions uh, that use TX extra above a certain size. But wasn't there talk of also encrypting the TX extra so the so the data can't can't be seen? Yeah, there's, there's two different ideas for what to do with TX Extra, assuming it remains. Uh, the first is not mandating that there's any data packed there, but if there is data there, then to encrypt it. And the idea is uh, it makes it harder for an outside observer to distinguish between different types of use of TX Extra. So let's say I use TX Extra to refer to, I don't know, some NFT string over here and you use it to refer to a DEX transaction instruction over yonder, right? And if the field is unencrypted, mine might, my, my use of TX Extra might say like, NFT A for this purpose, authorize C, I don't know, something like that. And yours might say, uh, exchange for Bitcoin to this address. That, that might be your instruction. And if these are unencrypted, then uh, you know, an outside observer could say, oh, well, that transaction is going to this DEX for this purpose. And oh, well, this transaction is going to this NFT market for this purpose. Encrypting it can help with some of those cases. In practice, there are some limitations. So for example, uh, with ThorChain, with Sarai DEX, for example, if you if we were to encrypt TX Extra and you were to encrypt your instructions to the DEX, that's fine. If you look just at the Monero blockchain, you wouldn't be able to know what the transaction's for. But Sarai Dex has its own set of public records. So then you can go over there and say, oh, look, here's this Monero transaction. I wonder if it's related to Sarai. Check the Sarai records and say, oh, look, this Monero transaction, according to their records, it says exchange for Bitcoin to this address. So mm -hmm. it's not a perfect solution, but it can help in some cases, especially when TX Extra is used in a way where the data isn't made public through another means. For example, through Sarai's blockchain implementation that they go with. Right. Um, the other related proposal is padding TX Extra. This says, okay, if, um, if we're gonna have TX Extra, one way to help Monero transactions look more similar to each other is even if you don't use the TX Extra field, we're still going to fill it with basically bogus data and then encrypt it so that, again, looking at all transactions just from the Monero blockchain perspective, there's no longer a difference between transactions that you know, legitimately use TX Extra or didn't use it. They both look the same because they both have you know, data that could be valid. <laughs> you know, um, the downside to that is that you are, uh, the downside of that is that it requires you to take up more space for the transactions. Mm-hmm because you need to store data for TX Extra, whether someone is using it or not. Okay. Um, so is that is that likely to happen then? Or is, is that, what direction do you see that going in, the, the encrypting? Um, I don't know. I actually don't have a strong opinion on that right now. I It's not extremely expensive, but it is still a cost. Um, so I, I think that the verdict is still out to whether this is a worthwhile cost or not. Um, and honestly, the same for encryption too. 
if the only people that are going to use TX Extra are going to share information elsewhere, there isn't a strong argument to encrypt it. Um, but just I guess if you're going to use it, it's not okay. the end of the world to encrypt it. It's a relatively marginal cost. Right. That's really the only thing you're weighing it against, right? Is the the extra transaction size? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the same reason why, uh, like, why don't we have each transaction have 16 outputs, right? Then all normal transactions look the same as mining pool transactions. Great. But then you have a lot of extra cost. So we don't do that. But we did decide it was worth it to have at least two outputs per transaction because that prevents cases where you know there's no change if there's only one output. So there is, you know, a justification for incurring additional cost if there's a good reason to, certainly. But whether this is a case, I personally don't have a strong opinion and and I mean surely there are some people that do, but I, I can be swayed either way. Okay. Yeah, so I want to go back to so yeah, Offren was tell like I think his basic and I don't wanna put word, you know, misquote him or anything, but when he came on the on the show, so yeah, he he he's pushing for limit it as soon as we can, which is what, what we're doing. Then the next hard fork, eliminate it, like we're saying. But then I think because then his thinking is when Seraphis is eventually implemented and we have full membership proofs, then you know, potentially it could make sense to to do things like ordinals using those methods. And then that that would be the means by which you do it, not through TX Extra. Um, I mean, that's so far away. I, I think that when we get to full membership proofs on Monero, then yes, it's okay to have a start from scratch discussion on these things. Um, before then it's... I mean, it's really a totally different discussion. At that point, Monero is a different protocol. <laughs> Can you just explain full membership proofs a little bit to, to those that are uh, listening in here? Sure. Uh, so the idea is with Monero transactions today, each real source of funds that's spent, you know, I'm sending one Monero to someone, that sits in what's called an output. That's, you know, think a dollar bill. <laughs> um, with Monero, every for every real dollar bill that you spend you will go to the blockchain and you will search around for other outputs other people's money that they control and you will pretend to spend it in a ring signature you will create a transaction where it appears like you're able to spend one of these 16 in monero's current case uh but an outside observer does not know which of those 16 is the true spend for full membership proofs we're saying instead of these small rings we can say let's uh let's make it seem like we're spending any output that has ever existed on the monero blockchain or at least existed in that particular implementation uh you know post hard fork or whatever and um, that's certainly much better all else equal than uh than not so the reason people talk about this in the monero ordinals discussion is because uh, nfts on monero today act as sort of toxic outputs right there there's specific metadata associated with them and so if i'm spending money and my ring signature includes an output that is a monero ordinals nft i mean that, that that's a piece of metadata that's knowable compared to something else and i'm also probably not going to be in truth <laughs> you know spending real monero in a transaction sense 
where I have an NFT as like one of the potential payment methods. Like in practice, that just doesn't happen. People right. treat NFTs as their own thing because they're not fungible, right? You don't use them interchangeably. So you can think of them as being just a toxic output. It is your effective ring size is no longer uh, is no longer 16. There's no longer 16 plausible spends. You're down now down to 15. Mm -hmm. And when you add all the other potential surveillance methods that someone can try to investigate on the Monero side, for example, looking at like P2 pool outputs and other things that aren't necessarily even bad, some uh, on like their own, um, but can help to further certain heuristics. This is data that's better not to, better uh, not to be there. I mean. It, I use the example on Twitter that it's kind of like lead, right? You can ask, okay, at what level does lead start to be harmful for someone? And the answer is any amount, right? If 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 I had the option from a fungibility perspective of removing all of these toxic outputs, like you don't want toxic outputs, you don't want this lead or cancer or whatever it is on the blockchain, you want to get rid of it from a fun again from a fungibility perspective. So um, with these small rings, it's more pertinent. If instead we said, okay, well, you can potentially spend any source of funds and sure, this one output is an NFT output, but there's 50 million outputs in the Monero blockchain and any of them could be spent, then who cares at that point? So a lot of issues in Monero, <laughs> NFTs and uh, and TX Extra included really circle back around to how our rings suck. <laughs> Can't get away from them. Always about the rings. Well, I mean, so I guess this is part of Offren's logic, right? Is that this will expedite the the pace at which we get to full full proofs because out of out of a need, the people will, will more immediately uh, move in that direction. I don't think there's any evidence of that. I, I also think that there's a huge push in the Monero community just from the privacy perspective to have better privacy on Monero. <laughs> I think if anything, that's a much clearer proven over almost a decade now of Monero's existence in terms of pushing for better privacy. I think ordinal NFTs on Monero is such a tiny movement compared to Monero's general privacy ethos movement that it's, it's immeasurable um, for how much additional speed, so to speak, that this would accelerate the process. No, I mean, it would, it would accelerate the, um, the evolution of Monero, right? So like if we completely deprecated TX extra, uh, you know, uh, necessity is the mother of invention, right? So pe people are, are trying to do other things and they, they can't do it unless we have these full membership proofs put in place that maybe it would, it would speed up innovation there. But you're saying no, because... I, I think the real thing that's going to push that innovation forward more than anything else is a desire for normal Monero transfers of value to have better privacy. Um, right. Not, because not, that's what that brings. Okay. I think that's going to be your biggest movement. And then also, I mean, these are people who make NFTs. I don't want to downplay people who make NFTs, but they're probably not people who are like expert cryptographers who are like just now awakened to the idea that they need to show up and contribute to Monero Research Lab's cryptography improvements. These are going to be people that are going to say, hey, this wasn't allowed on Monero or no one wanted this on Monero before it was made. We made it anyway. And they're trying to kick us off. <laughs> like, are you going to spend an absolute huge amount of cryptography knowledge in order to 
somehow come up with a wonderful proposal to improve all of Monero's privacy, or are you just going to use steganography to change a few ways a Monero transaction is constructed and just not have to wait? Right. So yeah, I think like like Sarai would be a good right. So like if if TX Extra was deprecated, it you know uh, Luke would probably lean towards figuring out that method as opposed to propelling forward uh, full proofs, membership proofs on Monero, or maybe not. I, I don't. Know. I, I don't see those as I guess as directly related as he, as, as he seems to at least. So. Um, there is a risk, basically. I, I like how Luke has been open about this. He hasn't said that he is going to use steganography, but he's like, okay, if I needed to, here's how it can be used. Right. And Theoretically. you can't stop me if, if or anyone else who wanted to implement uh, a DEX or something in that particular form. So uh, I like the transparency in that sense to say, like, no, you don't need to wait for full membership proofs. You don't need to wait for the Monero community to be happy with it. You don't need to, you, you know, you, you can't assemble a committee and make people okay with it. As we saw with Monero ordinals right now, someone just showed up and did it. And that is something that people will can always be able to do. And there's not really going to be a way to prevent that. So with, the, with this immediate change that that's going to be, what actually, well, when is that going to affect? That's, so, I don't know. I mean, ultimately, it's as fast as uh, as the Monero developers make a release for anyone can build it and run it on their node now. Um, but whether or not node, sorry, uh, mining pools will accept it is actually a, a very important question. Mm-hmm. Because think about yourself, Doug. Like, let's say you were running a Monero mining pool, and I'm trying to tell you, look, the Monero community doesn't like these NFTs. Upgrade this patch so that you will exclude certain transactions from the block and you will make less money as a miner. How does that sound? Yeah. So obviously I hope hope miners will update to the latest software and use it, but strictly speaking from an economic incentive, there's really no reason for them to accept this patch. So we shall see. I'm sure things like P2 pool will switch over and the miners on P2 pool um, and possibly some pools that are trying to market themselves as friends of the Monero community, perhaps. It's not like it's that much money on the table. They're not giving up thousands of dollars in transaction fees by excluding these. Um, but it's uh, it's less than they would have had. <laughs> right. Well, potentially, right? As, as things grow, right? It could, it could equate to quite a bit of a bunny in terms of transactions that are being booted from the network, right? It could. That that's a that's a risk. I don't think it's likely, but it is a risk if these received large adoption. So, is this then a potentially an argument for why we might just want to deprecate it? Because, like you're saying, like, what's going to be the incentive for for miners to go along with this solution of fixing the size where they where when they actually have the incentive for wanting more transactions to be happening on the network? Well, I think. From my perspective, the biggest thing is why this needs to be a consensus rule. Uh, so we can enforce this limit through consensus, say transactions can't have a size more than this. And if a miner tries to say, oh, look, I mined this transaction with this big, uh, you know, this, this big TX extra field, all of the min- nodes in the Monero network would say, nah, screw you, we'll you know, listen to some other miner or something. So uh, I think it is, first and foremost, 
an argument for why this needs to be imposed through consensus changes, mm-hmm. which Monero's actually been pretty good about. Like, you know, we Monero's pretty good at trying to enforce people to actually use good standards. And that's why, you know, Monero's private. It's not that we just have ring signatures that you could use, but we say, no, you have to use them. The challenge is that we can't necessarily mandate that people use them well, right? And that's what we're running into here with the steganography issues. So I don't think necessarily, and also, um, I would say it's kind of neutral actually in relation to whether TX extra exists or not, because a miner is going to, if a miner only cares about making money, which a lot of them we know will, um, and that's where their incentives are supposed to lie, then they're either going to disregard the limits until a consensus limit is applied with pressure, or they're going to uh, just mine transactions that encode this data with steganography. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then other nodes will relay, say, yep, this is valid. And then they're like, okay, cool, I'm mining it, you know? <laughs> so um, for it to, you, so it was the thinking then, you know, did we make this immediate move um, limiting the size? Uh, and then in the next hard fork is when we would do it in, in consensus form and mandating it. Would it be essentially that, like, that's, that's the goal by next hard fork? Yeah, that's the general idea. So the the reasoning behind, I mean, so I would say there's two main reasons behind the current patch. Number one is a signal. It's just saying, hey, a lot of people don't want this. Here's a patch that people, you know, here's here's a message. That's one hand. You can argue that's useful or not. It doesn't, you know, it depends on who you ask. The second thing is at least gets an option out there for people to easily block this if they want to. Right. And of course, the hope is that people update to the latest software. Hopefully there's some bone in there where there's some other bug fixes or something where people are likely to upgrade to the latest edition. Um, But uh, it certainly is not a comprehensive fix. So, yeah, you do need a consensus change for a more comprehensive fix there. And like I said, we think we would see that then by the next hard fork. Yeah, the, the, the difficult part right now is that there isn't, as far as I'm aware, a upcoming hard fork in mind besides Seraphis. Mm. So It'd be is this something we just do with Seraphis for like a, a ways from here? I'm looking at the situation and I, at the moment, don't really see a, like an emergency situation to, to change this. So I don't know. It's That's an unanswered question. Mm. It is an option that remains on the table. Well, let's say Monero Ordinals did truly take off and we're constituting a huge amount of Monero transactions. I always want them to be less than 10% of all Monero transactions, but that is kind of an arbitrary thing on my part. But, um, you know, let's say that half of Monero network activity is NFT stuff. One option that's on the table is an emergency hard fork, basically, that would impose those limits to uh, stop their... I guess, existing use of the Monero blockchain. Right. So we see how people immediately respond to this immediate change. Uh, and then if it's still a problem, it's still people are ignoring this this message, so to speak, and they're still building out ordinals, uh, then, you know, and you see it growing, approaching that 10% level, then there would likely be a, a, a new Monero upgrade that would eliminate it through consensus. Yeah, it's not going to kill the activity, but I do hope that it, 
it uh, squashes it. It slows it down. It says, if you continue to grow, it's the Monero community saying to these NFT community members, I guess, if you continue to grow this, we will take more <laughs> drastic action to make your life harder. Right. And so potentially the, the rug will be pulled from them, from them, so to speak. So it's it's sending out that message of you may not want to invest too much energy into this NFTs on Monero because they're not going to, they're potentially not going to exist in when, by the next hard fork. Yep. That's the idea. Very difficult. All right, man. Uh, it's, it's, oh, these, these are tough decisions. But yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot of part play, things at play here. And I, the last thing I want to leave at least is, or at least make sure is included, is that you do need to put aside whether you like NFTs or not. You need to put aside whether you like Thorchain or not, or Sarai or not, or whatever it is. When we're having discussions in the Monero community about what to do about the consensus, what's allowed in the network, and then also the implementation in wallets and things, I think we really need to focus on making sure that these protocols and systems are designed really well with what we have and what, what you know what the world looks like right we have the limitations of ring signatures okay how are we going to build a system that is sensible with that limitation we have the ability for people to store data in monero transactions in ways that it's really hard to prevent do we want to uh make that the only option for people do we want to make people who are trying to have arguably at least legitimate use cases of talking to the Monero network to have a better way of doing it because you're never going to prevent every, uh, you know, every attacker from trying to do something stupid. Um, but for people who are trying to build, you know, use cases with Monero in a way that's trying to be at least somewhat friendly, um, it, it would be good to at least offer an easier way for people to implement and, and have a different system. So I really like to try and think about this from a consensus setup saying, how are we supposed to design the system overall that's best for everyone? And I personally see Sarai as a, a valid use case and I understand why they need to use TX Extra or why they want to use TX Extra over other options. <laughs> And I don't want to see them use this steganography, which leads me to say, okay, well, let's close the completely agape, boundless, not truly boundless, but more or less boundless TX extra we have right now. Let's put some restrictions on it to cut out some really odd things that people can do with it through the front door. But let's let's you know curtail it to what's sensible and uh, then get back to working on, on full membership proofs. <laughs> makes sense, makes sense. And I, I think we, we have Luke in the audience. So if we jump in there, maybe he'll, I'm sure he'll, he'll jump in and-, and uh, uh, He's gonna be like, you know what, Justin said this. Well, actually <laughs> he's wrong about that. And I, you should have had me on in the first place. <laughs> I mean, what, what's what's promising about all this is, you know, there's everybody that's out here talking about how it is an issue, and there seems to at least be consensus around the fact that the main priority is keeping Monero fungible above all else. I mean, I, I think the, the community of like NFTs first on Monero does that even exist? Is there is there a group of people who are like? No, we don't care. We just want NFTs on Monero at any cost. I don't even think that group truly exists, right? Yeah, I don't think there's a <laughs> a large audience that has NFTs as their main priority. I think even people who are sympathetic to NFTs or even like NFTs, 
in general don't want to, at least in any meaningful way, harm Monero's fungibility and privacy uh, claims to fame, so to speak, by by having NFTs on Monero. Yeah, D, D Goon put out a good thread on that. Anon Shop, the guy that uh, jumps on our Monero Topia to do the dev reports, he put out a good thread on that today, basically saying, you know, that that isn't what you saw in Bitcoin with the advent of ordinals and inscriptions. You know, they're they're still there, and no changes were made, and there's reasons why that that that's a good thing. Um, but yeah, in Monero land, it appears that the you know the vast majority of people are are willing and and ready to to completely get rid of nfts on monero if if need be for preserving fungibility like you said if, if it's possible to do both sure uh but it seems like most people if they had to make the choice would say all right let's get let's get rid of this right away and it, it's 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 uh, promising to see that you know that the community is coming to consensus on that. There isn't there, you know. I, I think that's that's perhaps more important than the tech itself is the fact that we're there's this cohesion among everybody that they're on this the same mission of creating digital cash. Yeah, I mean, Monero was made. Monero's blockchain exists for one purpose, really. It's there for us to have a home for a fungible digital asset, right? And everything else on top of that is just a nice to have, I guess, it's a bonus. But at the end of the day, anything you try to build on Monero, try to interrupt, like make compatible with Monero, et cetera, needs to play nice with the overall mission of being fungible digital cash. And yeah, it's gonna be, this This isn't a, uh, this isn't a death cult, right? We're not here to say, oh, well, any metadata stored is bad, or, you know, don't send Monero transactions because, now we need to store data, which is inefficient. You know, it's, it's not an extremist, no room for discussion cult, but those are, let's just say, heavily prioritized goals. <laughs> awesome, man. Thank you. Thank you for explaining it so well. Greatly appreciate it. Any uh, any other info you want to get out there while, while you have the stage, while you have the, the Monero talk stage? Uh <laughs> This is more complex than it might seem than just removing TX Extra. You don't just remove TX Extra and NFTs go away. You're going to have all sorts of crazy things that people are going to do with the public blockchain with a set of rules that are hard to enforce exactly how you want them to be enforced. And we could run around chasing it a little bit with a baseball bat, but we're not even going to necessarily know everything people use Monero for and how they use it because of the how everything is constructed. So. To some extent, we just need to set really good guidelines and, and guardrails, knowing that not everything's going to be perfect in a decentralized network. And we need to live with that sometimes if it means that we're able to keep moving forward and everything else. I don't know. That is kind of an unsexy answer. I wish I could wave a wand and say that, <laughs> oh, well, this harm is gone. We don't have to deal with this NFT problem. But that's not the case at all. We're going to have people that, if they're motivated, are going to show up and continue doing this with Monero for who knows how long the idea is making it so that from a network design and consensus perspective, other transactions are unimpacted. That's the goal. You're going to be down at Monerotopia, right? I know you said, yeah, cause you're, you're, looking I am. Yep. I'm there. I got my flights booked, hotel booked. Any, any insight to what you'll be talking about? Is it just, is it going to be a, as a, a cake tech update or is there, are there going to be a, perhaps other topics involved? Don't know yet. Don't okay. know yet. No pressure. No pressure. You reminded me that I have a talk. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to. We have so many talks. I don't know. Man. If you don't want to, let me know. 
<laughs> I don't you remember last year how it was like jam packed? It's gonna be the same thing except for two and a half days. I'm glad I'm getting in Friday afternoon so that I can actually like I didn't plan the idea that you were going to have talks on Friday evening. Oh, so I'm yeah. like, oh phew, thank god I was ready for I that. know. I, I'm hoping most people were considering that too, yeah, because the conference is starting Friday, otherwise there's no way. Yeah. <sighs> All right, man. Yeah, so let's uh let's jump into the spaces. Hi, Monero Land. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode. We release new episodes every week. You can find and subscribe to our show on YouTube, Odyssey, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Go to MoneroTalk.live for a full list of places where you can watch and listen. If you want to interact with us, guests, or other podcast listeners, you can follow us on Twitter. Monero Talk is also made possible from contributions by viewers and listeners like you. And supporting us is easier than ever by typing in MoneroTalk.crypto in your Monero.com or CakeWallet send address field to send us a tip. Once again, thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to being back next week.